0: Throughout the course of TikTok, I have become friends with the Attorney General, Keith Ellison. And I talked to him about this. And he said to me, Mandy, if they haven't killed me and they haven't killed Ilhan, they're not going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And here's really where it comes down to. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And if I go down swinging for trans kids and kids in the LGBTQ community, I can sleep at night.
1: Hey, welcome to Connection Request, I'm Joel Lehman. This is season two, episode two. Big special thanks to our presenting sponsor, SK Coffee. Today on the show, we're talking to Mandy Jung, better known as SaboCat on TikTok and Instagram. She's a public school teacher who has grown a large following on TikTok, sharing both her thoughts and resources on teacher unions, the intersection of capitalism and education, and other critical issues in her space wanted to have a teacher on the show for a long time because of how important education is in our society and how many people in my life either are currently or have been teachers. Many of you know I was going to be a music teacher until I switched majors at the last minute in college. I love Mandy's joy and passion for both students and teachers alike, and I think you'll hear that come through in the interview. We discuss what the broader public gets wrong about teachers, her friendship with Minnesota's Attorney General, the far right's push to delegitimize public education, and about what it's like to get roasted by Fox News and mentioned by Donald Trump. We also get into why she started her TikTok out of spite, her run-in with Dave Matthews, and we do a quick round of hot takes on important issues like book bans, free lunch, and critical race theory. As you'll be able to hear, we have a lot of fun in this one. We'll get to my conversation with Mandy after a quick word from our sponsor, SK Coffee. This season, we are thrilled to be sponsored by SK Coffee, a specialty coffee roaster based in Minnesota, shipping worldwide. Listeners of the show will remember Sam from season one, where he shared his journey from musician to entrepreneur. We'll hear more from Sam later in the episode.
0: So my name is Mandy Jung. I love to have fun. Um, (laughs) I'm a Leo. I was born in South Dakota. I've lived in Minneapolis, St. Paul for the last 10 years. And I am a TikToker. I'm a teacher, TikTok content creator. I've been teaching for about eight, I think it's eight years. And I've been making TikToks for three. And my platform sort of took off during the possible uh joint strike between my union st paul federation of educators and the actual strike of minneapolis federation of teachers and their ea division i got a lot of local attention for that and i'm a union girly i uh am a (laughs) documented anti-capitalist uh and i i i don't know when to stop talking those are the things you should know about me (laughs)
1: Well, that seems like a great place to start. I want to get into all of that and more. (laughs) Um, But first, I'd love to just kind of map out your journey through today. Uh, You grew up in South Dakota. You went to the University of South Dakota. Mm -hmm. You studied chemistry and theater. I did. Around that time of life and kind of pre-college, like what was your thinking about career and where you wanted to head and what you wanted to do?
0: So I love theater and I I love being witnessed turns out I don't exactly I, as an adult I figured out I don't love playing a character I just love attention hmm. uh and I I really what I wanted to be when I was a kid was a talk show host but I didn't know how to oh. do that so I I thought you know I would work as an actor for a little while I never had any you know I'm from South Dakota so our dreams are kind of small so I was like well if I could just like work at a summer stock or something that would be pretty cool Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I wanted to be an actor. I've always wanted to be a teacher. I think there's a lot of overlap in acting and teaching. When I was a little kid, that's what I played. My mom had a daycare. And my dad always says, you've been bossing people around (laughs) since you could talk. We would play school and we would play circus and I was the ringmaster. So those are really like the three jobs that I knew about that I wanted to do. (laughs) Talk show host, teacher or ringmaster and really as a teacher you do all of those things like (laughs) so yeah um i did a lot of theater growing up i worked in the summer at a children's theater at storybook island i was one of the storybook island players so we would do short plays for the kids who would come to the park um all original plays but like based on fairy tales And then did some summer stock. And after college, I worked for the Missoula Children's Theater and traveled around the country.
1: Amazing. Uh, I also got fired
0: from Hardee's. Um, I got fired from a smoothie shop.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Um, I was Calamity
0: Jane one summer. That was my job.
1: Okay. Uh, (laughs) Why did you get fired from both of those jobs?
0: Um, So I got fired from Hardee's. In South Dakota, you can work. This was back in 2000, the year two, the year 2000. So I was 13 or 14, and they were like, "Girl, you're not smart enough to work at Hardee's." <laughs> I was like, "I agree, yeah, I totally agree." <laughs> so I got fired just for like, not, It was like, "This isn't a good fit for you," and I was like, "Yeah, true." Uh, that was <laughs> the last job I ever wore a hat for. Okay. I don't. I don't wear hats. Um Sorry. <laughs> and the smoothie shop I got fired from for uh the, I knew this, the owner would do like sting operations. We made fresh juice. <laughs> and if you, she would send somebody in like five minutes before closing and be like, can I get a fresh juice? And you had to make it, which means you had to disassemble the thing and reclean it. And I was sure. like, no, no, I'm not good. No. Not and then that Yeah. And then I got fired.
1: <laughs> Wow, one and done situation okay, interesting yeah. um yeah. what well they
0: like stopped putting me on the schedule, and I was like, "heckum, I don't need this job
1: <laughs> okay. yeah that that makes sense um <laughs> so when you worked after college uh and you traveled the country and you were acting then like at that point, it sounds to me like you were fulfilling your dreams and aspirations and more like you were you were living and making money like as a paid
0: I was making actor. a little
1: <laughs> so you're making some money right I guess yeah. I don't know how much you're making but like
0: how yeah, was I that experience
1: to... and and were you like yeah I'm doing it were you like this is a starting and eventually I moved to LA what, 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 were you, what was your at yeah. that time?
0: so I the way that the children's theater worked is you're a team of two so like you and I would go to a small town Spirit Lake Iowa and we would cast between 50 and 60 local kids and then teach them a musical, an hour long musical wow. that they would perform on Friday or Saturday. And then on Sunday, you drive to the next town. So Whoa. it was super intense. Uh, and it was a really interesting experience because theater is working professionally in theater is a very ego driven profession. Hmm. And when you're up there performing in, in you know, Esteban, Saskatchewan they're not there to see you, you know, they're there to see their kids. So it was, um, it was a really interesting experience. And I did it for a long time. Most people do it for a summer and I did it for four years.
1: Um,
0: And like, yes, I, I love sharing theater with people. um, But I think to, Oh, and you stay in people's homes. So I got to do all kinds of really interesting experiences Mm. because of that and i went to 40 uh, 47 states and like four canadian provinces in those four years um but wow. during that time you have a lot of you don't know anybody and the only person you know in town is your tour partner so you have a lot of time to think uh and i realized that like i don't really like acting i just like attention mm. <laughs> and i like working with kids i never thought that that was going to be like had these teacher aspirations but I sort of put them on the shelf because I didn't know how to I didn't know how to like manage my own mental health as well as the mental health of children I really admire parents because that is I don't know if you're a parent but like y'all are nuts that's totally woof what a way to live your life
1: (laughs) yeah I'm 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 with you okay so eventually you're like done with that yeah. Uh, well, and I, what I
0: really needed was financial stability. Um, mm. My mental health is like very delicately balanced on like financial security. Um, so the life of an actor was too financially volatile for me to ever yeah. feel like safe. Really. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I moved in with my parents for a couple months, and then they were living in Millbank, South Dakota, which is a town of I think three thousand. Okay. and i was going bananas i was like sorting the laundry by color like i would just do the blues and <laughs> then i would just do the oranges like it was i was losing Why it not? <laughs> i was losing it um so i talked to my mom and she gave me an ultimatum and she was like it's been really hard having you on the road you can move to fargo or you can move to minneapolis and i was like uh this is i'm gonna move to minneapolis and kind of the Hi, rest I? is history
1: And then at some point, I know you worked at Whole Foods. At the time, I believe that was a good thing, but you got passed over for a promotion. Exactly. That's why you decided to become a teacher. What, like with the benefit of hindsight, tell me a little bit about your time at Whole Foods. And then also, like, how do you feel about the decision now to jump into teaching?
0: For sure. So I, I really liked working at Whole Foods. This was pre Amazon. Uh, and they did a lot then to nurture the individual employee, so i was I was like the sample girl because I'm you know very outgoing, and I was teaching classes, like helping with the onboarding training. I was a cashier, and then I became a customer service manager, and I did cash up hmm. where you like count the money at the end of the day or whatever or overnight anyway, but yeah, I applied to be the assistant manager of the customer service team, and I was passed over, and I was devastated devastated yeah and it was one of those moments where i kind of it was so traumatic like i handled it really badly and i zoomed out and i was like what are you doing like you're really sad that you're not the assistant 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 manager of a grocery store like is this really what you want to do with your life Hmm. and um no shade to anybody who like really does want to do that but i always felt like I wanted to have more impact. Uh and I wanted to it's important to me to be remembered, which is ironic coming from somebody who like doesn't want to have children, but mm. that's really a deep value of mine is the idea of being forgotten is really terrifying. Mm. So, I sort of that value of mine impacts a lot of the decisions I make, which is probably why I'm in education. Um mm. because you you have it, you can have a really lasting impact on people's lives, good or bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah. you won't be, you know, in the dustbin for too long. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I did some Googling and I found some programs for people who had a science degree for them to get an accelerated teaching license. And the one that I ended up picking was called TC2 which I don't remember what that stands for. I was in the last cohort, but it was a social justice focused teaching program. Huh. And that like blew my head wide open. And um, and we student taught for a year, which I really think everybody should do. I think that's the right model personally, because you see, you know, your year really does go up and down and up and down. And when you only yeah. student teach for, you know, eight weeks or whatever in the, yeah. in March, the teacher has already set up all the rituals and routines you're missing out a lot of that important stuff you know you wanted to to be a teacher as well so yeah the uh yeah so the the tc2 program i got in and student taught for a year and then kind of and then that summer i went back to whole foods and was working all summer Mm. because it was fun like i love the people i work with um And near the end of August, my roommate was like, "Are you going to get a job, like a teacher job?" I was like, "Oh yeah, shoot!" Oh yeah, that's what Um, I'm doing
1: here.
0: uh, And the so with TC two, you student taught at several schools in the cities, and the school that I ended up working at was one that everybody else had student taught at except for me. So Mm. it was really it was really cool, and it's been a great fit. I love my job. I love the people I work with. My principal is great, um, and I like the district I work for, even though I cannot tell you where I work or (laughs) what district it is. They've asked me not to
1: say that
0: anymore. No worries. Uh, I'm
1: I'm sure we'll get into um, some of the reason behind (laughs) that. Yeah, like
0: everybody knows, but I can't say it.
1: (laughs) Sure. That's fair. So, yeah, fast forward today. You are a middle school science teacher. You have this fascinating side gig as mm-hmm. a TikToker and content creator, which we'll talk about. What are some of the things that you love about teaching today? And what are some of the things that maybe you like a little bit less?
0: Yeah. I think what it's and like, I always hesitate because people have really strong feelings about teachers and how we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to say. So, what I'm supposed to tell you is, I love my students and they're what there's they are what keeps me coming into the building every day and some days that's true i'm excited yeah. to see them i love when they figure stuff out i love when they get excited about things i love when they ask questions um they're funny and they're interesting and sometimes they invite you into their lives like i got to go to a quinceanera i got to go to bir- different birthday parties
1: mm. there's
0: the school play like i love that um But I think what keeps me coming year after year is I just I love teachers just as people. I think Mm. it is truly a calling. That first day of teacher school, I was like, oh, my God, these are my people. These are Mm. my people. I had never experienced that in a group of actors. And I didn't experience it really at Whole Foods. But when Mm. I walked in on the first day of teacher school, I was like, yeah, these are my people. Uh, and I think that that is part of why I do the TikTok that I do, because I just love teachers and I love the teacher community. But yeah, I love teachers and I love being a teacher. And, and yeah. the identity part of it is really exciting. So hmm. my students are great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and the summer's off like that's cool or whatever. But yeah, I just love teachers. I always have since I was a little kid. I just think yeah. they're cool people.
1: For what it's worth, I, I agree. And as yeah. a lot of people who listen to this know I'm married to one and I was gonna be one, so um I'm biased, but totally agree. I'm <laughs> um, I'm curious, like it's funny, you answered your question with you're like, I'm supposed to say this. Yeah. I'm curious what's something about teachers that the like the broader general public gets wrong? Because I think from my own worldview, I think teaching is something that like, because we all have some kind of a connection or touch point, right? If you either were a student, if you have kids, whatever, I think people just feel like they understand what it means to be a teacher. So I guess from your point of view as a teacher, like what are some of the things that maybe the broader general public gets wrong about life as a teacher?
0: I think it's the expectation that, <sighs> I'm trying to choose my words really carefully here. Um, I think that people don't realize how hard it is, because they have been in the classroom of master teachers who make it look easy. Ooh. And when we say it's difficult, um they're like, but it doesn't look hard. Like you just talk. And there are you, there's a lot more to it, right? It's like when you watch somebody make challah bread, like, boy, that looks easy. But I don't know if you've ever tried to make challah before. It's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> or like my boyfriend loves disc golf and he makes it look so easy that when I step up and try it, I'm like, this is impossible. How does anybody do this? Right. Yeah. So we have been in classrooms with teachers who are doing a great job and you don't understand all the mechanics that go into it. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think the other part is uh, it's a confusing job because you have a lot of autonomy, hmm. but you don't at the same time. Hmm. You are in a deeply personal job, but you're by yourself. You know, like hmm. I am in the classroom with a lot of people who are children, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and thankfully, I, we're in a good union state. But in other states, like teachers compete with each other, which... Hmm. I I can't even... This job is so hard to Mm. do that on top of it. Um, The other thing I think people... I don't think think they get it wrong. I just think it's an unexamined belief. Like, teachers need to be saints or teachers need to be a role model, but they need to be a role model in the way that I think they need to be a role model. Mm. Um, And, like, teacher is an identity that we expect teachers to have... Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to get fired if you get if you wear a bikini to the beach. But there are like teachers who get in trouble if they post a picture of themselves on vacation hmm. in a bikini on their Instagram. Totally, and, like that's like I get it because I wasn't a teacher until I was thirty. Like I get it. I don't want to see my kids' teacher in a bikini, but like I we got to live, my guy. <laughs> like yeah. I just, I don't know. I think that is, I think that's a belief that people have. Uh, And I think part of it is that it's a female driven field. There's a lot of expectations about how women are supposed to be. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So speaking of that, I mean, you mentioned this idea of um, being a teacher as a calling. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, like, yes, that can be totally true. But I think sometimes that can kind of obscure real conversations about yeah. teacher working conditions, teacher pay, all that. Because it's like, oh, you're here because you're giving of yourself. And you, you, this is just what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to your thoughts on that. And then I guess, let me also sort of pitch this to you. Like To me, during that little pandemic or pandemic, as some people like to call <laughs> it, there was this moment kind of like with nurses where I think parents especially, but kind of the broader public was like, oh my goodness, I could never be a teacher. I could, like, really? Teachers are doing this? Like, oh, I so appreciate you. We love you. We should pay teachers more. Like, all those kinds of things. And then it kind of went away. Like, then we moved on with our lives. And I think that conversation largely sort of stopped. But it felt like for this moment in time, people were like, oh, wow. We should really think more about how we treat and and pay and um, all that with teachers. I'm Yeah, I'm just curious your kind of thoughts on those two yeah. questions.
0: Yeah. So to your first point, um, I think because I worked other jobs before becoming a teacher, that has informed my views about my working conditions. A lot of people Hmm. who come into teaching, this is their first real job. Maybe they were a lifeguard or like a tutor. But a lot of people start teaching at 22 and they don't have enough work experience to go is this a, is this a work problem? Is this a me problem? Is this an educational system problem? Hmm. So I think having the, I think teachers sort of impact their own working conditions by not taking the perspective of I am a worker. Hmm. um, And this is a job, you know, I, I was yeah. having a lot of feel My uncle's getting married next weekend and it's the beginning of the school year. And I was having a lot of guilt about taking two days off at the beginning of the school year to go to this wedding And I called one of my teacher friends and she's like, girl, they would replace you tomorrow. Like you cannot, you cannot put this job in front of your family. Hmm. Um, But we're asked to do that all the time. We're asked to work sick. We're asked to skip. Like I've never been to my, my nephew's uh, birthday is the beginning of the school year. I've never attended one of his birthday parties um, back in South Dakota. I always put, or I often in the past have put my students in front of my own family yeah. and i feel like those kind of asks are not given like my boyfriend sells wine like they would never ask him to do that yeah um so i think there's that i think that um and i think that during lockdown a lot of us were like whoa, like this job can be kind of sustainable <laughs> um hmm. and i think that that colored a lot of people's opinions when you saw teachers with more work life balance hmm. um i think that people that, that uh, accelerated that shift from heroes to like lazy bums sitting at home. The other hmm. thing is um, I'm pretty politically aware and I like follow the far right and I follow these anti-public school sentiments and they really took advantage of the, the lockdown situation to paint teachers as lazy and entitled and um, the union as corrupt and wanting to keep the schools closed and wanting for what nefarious purpose, I don't know. Yeah. Um that I have not been able to unearth. It's just that teachers are lazy and entitled and um, whiners, right? Yeah. So I think that I think that when you this shift of opinion about teachers that we're seeing in the media right now is very orchestrated. And it's orchestrated by people who want to privatize education. And Mm -hmm. get some of that sweet, sweet government money because it's not super well regulated. Um, Hmm. I read a lot about this and there are people who are making a lot of money uh, opening charters in different parts Mm. of the country with different rules. Um, Charters that don't they'll take the money uh, sweetheart around with um, usually with um, buildings. What are buildings called (laughs) when you invest in buildings?
1: Oh, real estate.
0: Um, real estate. Yep. Uh, so I I own the building that the charter school is in, and I lease it out to the district. So I'm making the money twice. Mm. Um, and along with like, anyway, I could get. I sound like yeah. a tinfoil hat person here, but it's no. it's a very carefully, <laughs> it's a very carefully or- orchestrated media, um, push to yeah. to delegitimize public education, which is ridiculous because something like 90% of people send their kids to public school and about that many approve of their public school. But if you Mm. ask them, do they, do they approve of public schooling in general? They'll be like, no, but my public school is great, but I don't think, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and I talk about this on my channel all the time because you don't think about it unless you're in the soup, right? Like I'm swimming in the soup every day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Huh.
0: Your face right now is like, Oh (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I'm like, I got to go down the rabbit hole. Like, yeah. it's one of those things that like a lot of what you talk about, I think, are educational systems um, as well as like capitalism and the intersection of education. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, none, none of it sadly surprises me. Yeah. But you sort of shining a light on who's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that much about it. Um, yeah.
0: Well, do your own research, guys. Read Diane Ravitch. She's the one.
1: So I'd I'd like to, yeah, just get a few more thoughts on kind of your views on on public education writ large, and then we'll we'll dig into TikTok a little bit. So I read a recent article on the NEA's website and just a couple of stats to hit you with, which I'm sure you're well aware, but I'm not sure our listeners are. 55% of educators are thinking about leaving the profession earlier than planned. Uh, disproportionate amount of Black and Hispanic slash Latino educators are looking to leave. So those numbers are higher for some of those populations. Um, there was a net loss of 600,000 teachers that left between January of 2020 and January of 2022. Um, in the same article, NEA President Becky Pringle called it a five alarm crisis. Yeah, And so I guess I'm wondering, Mandy, Do you agree with her? Are we in an educational crisis right now?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, We have openings at our building and that's that never happens. Everybody wants to come work at our school and we still have unfilled Mm. positions. Um, Mm. So it what people have said, uh, I did not come up with this phrase is there's not a teacher shortage. There's a shortage of people who are willing to put up with what we put up with. There's lots Mm. of people who hold teaching degrees who aren't working in the field for very legitimate reasons. Mm. Um, And there is a real struggle with like, everybody knows it's broken, right? Nobody is going to be like, yeah, everything's going so awesome. I love that my student goes to a school that's full of mice. Like that's so awesome. Um, And sitting on stools that are 40 years old or whatever, like, we all agree, but the solution, unfortunately, is to raise taxes. And there's absolutely no politician that's going to be like, yup, yup. Yeah. Right. So it takes it takes like the Democratic trifecta to make change. Hmm. Um, it takes the teachers unions, which there's a concerted effort in conservative circles to take down the teachers union, specifically the NEA. Uh, it's the largest public sector union in the country. There are more. Hmm union members in the nea than in any other industry uh, or any other union Hmm. and they throw a lot of money at pro-education candidates so if you can defund the nea which is a hashtag that you see on on twitter uh then that money can go elsewhere Hmm. so potentially is what they think um or that those candidates that are propped up by the nea don't have their footing or backing yeah uh, so, yeah, there's definitely a teacher shortage for sure. Obviously, there's a, you know, we have I have a class of 32, which is Whoa. the biggest class I've had in a long time, but is a yeah. small class for some people. I have. Yeah. When I student taught in Minneapolis, I had a chemistry class of 43.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Uh, kids were like sitting on radiators. <laughs> so it is. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, I feel like the next struggle here in Minnesota should be around class size. We tried to have some legislation passed last year to set class size caps, Um, but a lot of arguments against it are really valid. If you have smaller classes, you're going to need more teachers and teachers are the biggest chunk of school budgets. because employees are the biggest chunk of most budgets. But apparently, when yeah. it's teachers, that's something shocking and disgusting. <laughs> yeah. But I guarantee that Whole Foods spends most of its money paying its workers, not buying products. I, I mean, I don't know. Somebody out there will tell You'd me. That, yeah.
1: yeah. But like
0: labor is the largest chunk of any business. But yeah. so when you say it's teachers, then again, we're greedy we're overpaid we're lazy all that money should be going to students well yeah but like i teach the students like i have to be there it is going to the students
1: yeah i i don't i don't again i'm very like biased and sort of Mm -hmm. deeply like my friends are teachers my family's teachers um but i i just don't understand why it's so hard for people to kind of make that connection there there's a phrase that i've, I've seen you use a lot and i know others which is like teachers working conditions or students learning conditions yeah i butchered it but no um, that's exactly right yeah it's like it's it's such an easy connection again in my mind that i'm not mm-hmm. sure why not more well, people I understand think, that
0: i think the something you're saying is that you have a lot of positive associations with teachers and i don't mm. think that that's universal Right. Mm. Everybody has to go through the school system. And when you hear about, you know, a teacher, you can think about sweet Miss Basinger, my seventh or my second grade teacher, or I can think about, you know, my physics teacher who I didn't like or whatever. Yeah. Uh, It's easy to turn teachers into villains because we've all had bad teachers or we've all had teachers that we didn't like. Uh, And I think that, I think that again, Talking about school is a highly, and talking about teachers and whatever, it's a very emotionally charged conversation always. Yeah. Always. Because we all had to do it. And I had a great educational experience. I loved school. I got a lot of validation out of school. But like my boyfriend, he didn't have a bad experience, but like he didn't see the point really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone has the same experience that you and it sounds like I did. There's a lot to love about SK Coffee, our presenting sponsor for Connection Request. Every time I talk to SK's founder, Sam Chelberg, I'm fascinated to learn more about what makes their coffee so special and why people are so drawn to them. Here's Sam. We're not a company that you're gonna get the exact same thing over and over again. It's always gonna be an exploration. This is literally an agricultural product and every year it's different. So it's like wine in that way. But something even more special than the coffee itself has always stood out to me. It's the entire SK team's passion. They treat their work like a real art form and each of them care deeply about coffee's people, place, and process. Here's Sam again. The way we're trying to tell that story is not through, you know, interesting crafted cocktail coffee drinks, right? It's all, what is the coffee trying to say? What is the producer, the place, the plant itself trying to say the process? And we are literally translating that communication from the raw product into your cup. To learn more about SK Coffee, visit skcoffeeplease.com or check out their excellent Instagram page. If you live in Minnesota, stop into one of their cafes in St. Paul or Minneapolis. You might even spot me there. All those links are in the show notes. Okay, now back to the show. Let's talk about TikTok. We <laughs> we likely wouldn't be here the two of us talking today if it weren't mm-hmm. for TikTok. Um, Let's talk about your journey. So, as you said, you've kind of been doing it for three years. I actually went today and scrolled back all the way to the beginning of <laughs> yours. It took me a long time in my yeah. It. But um, it seems to me like you kind of started off and you're just posting things here and there. Um, like, Tell us a little bit about like why you started and kind of the adventure that it's taken you on ever since.
0: So, as I've said before on my channel, I am motivated almost completely by spite. And I started... <laughs> I started my TikTok because um, so when you do te- when you're a teacher you have to set these goals um, and write about them. So I had put this was during lockdown. I had put that I wanted to improve my tech skills, which is really the only thing you could pick because you can't work on your classroom management over Zoom. Yeah. So I had picked I want to work on my tech skills, and I had said that uh, I was proficient and I wanted to get to exemplar, something like that, and. The administrator who reviewed my document said that I couldn't mark myself as proficient because then it wouldn't be like, it's not right. You have to mark yourself as developing. And I was like, but on the rubric, I'm proficient. I really got mad about it. So I was like, fine, I'll show her. Uh, And part of getting to the highest level on this Danielson rubric is teaching others um, in your field. Uh, So I was like, fine. I, then that's what I did on TikTok because I, ta- I taught other teachers how to use the Google Suite. I've always been pretty techie.
1: Yeah.
0: I uh, taught them how to use the Google Suite, taught them about educational software, things I found like Songlio and it And the, those all sound like ma- made up things if you're not in education. But, <laughs> um, and then I started making games. I I had been a trivia host the whole time I've lived in the Twin Cities. So I love making trivia games and um I just love games in general. So I started making classroom games that people could play. I made um random trivia like cahoots and blookets and stuff and I would share those out. Um so yeah, that's sort of where I started. And then the the curse of the teacher TikToker is what do you talk about in the summer?
1: Mm, That is the
0: course of the teacher TikToker. So I started to do a little bit more personality content and I've always been, uh, you know, interested in unions and I I identify as an anarchist and I talked about my political beliefs, Mm. which, uh, you know, got me into some hot water. Uh, (laughs) But uh, people want to hear about that. They want to know about that. They want to know about, like you said before, the intersection between public education and capitalism uh, and sharing my thoughts about that. Uh, thinking of yourself as a teacher, as a worker. Um, mm. You're not a saint. You're not a, <laughs> a priest. Yeah. You're, you're a worker. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, you to exchange... the same
1: rights that everybody else has at their yeah. job, right? Yeah.
0: You exchange your time for money, right? Yeah. Like, you're a worker. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, people really wanted to know about the union. Yeah. Uh, that was and talking about my teachers union and how effective our teachers union is how uh how St. Paul Federation of Educators gets stuff done and yeah. makes real change people really wanted to know about that yeah. so i've kind of become the de facto like union teacher on yeah. tiktok
1: yeah 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 well it uh, i i've just got to say like i you seem sort of perfectly designed for this moment in this medium right <laughs> yeah like i feel a, i agree I you're, <laughs> a, you're a theater person you love talking you you've talked about how you seek attention which i kind of mm-hmm. love that you talk about that openly mm-hmm. you like uh you want you have this whole website where you have resources for teachers so you you kind of started like that but it just seems like I'm i'm really happy for you that a lot of people are finding your content are finding value in it and it's just kind of growing from there and Again, like we, we sort of talked about, I think before we started recording, my partner is a teacher and she like she was like, You have to talk to Mandy. She just like <laughs> has such fabulous content and fabulous stuff. And so I can say for certain you are making an impact on the teacher community. And I'm sure you get hopefully that kind of feedback all the time. Um, I'm just curious, like now that it's it it is become a part of you, right? In a way that yeah. it wasn't when you started three years ago. How do you view it now? Is it is it something fun to do? Is it something to bring awareness to issues you care about? Is it a potential business, right? Like, are you making money from it yet? Or could you be someday? I'm just curious, like, how does it fit into your life now?
0: Yeah, so I have over the years, um, I've had to kind of come to terms with different things. Like, if you're going to put yourself out there, people are going to make fun of you. If you're going to put yourself out there, people are going to criticize you. Yeah. Um you're going to go through creative droughts. You're going to um hate the way you look. There are times when I like can't even look at myself in that little camera screen. Yeah. Uh you know, it's a deep it's deeply personal. So, as far as creative drought, that one was easy to overcome because I I have an improv background and hmm. What I have learned is not to judge my ideas, right? Like the internet's gonna mm. do that for me. If I yeah. have an idea and I think this is a good TikTok and I'm not gonna get fired if I say this, I yeah. just put it out there. And like, so yeah. who cares? Like, what's great about TikTok as a medium and why I haven't moved to like YouTube or Instagram? Well, I have an Instagram, but it doesn't do that well. Anyway, uh, is what is acceptable as content on TikTok is so different from every other <laughs> medium you Mm. can you can do literally anything on tiktok and if somebody doesn't like it they just it's super easy to see something else um or do something else so i really feel like it is it is a platform that works for me i have tried like i tried to be famous on twitter or whatever and like i tried to have like a really curated instagram and it's too much work it's not it's not the right platform Mm. for me Mm. um So, so yeah, so we have my boyfriend too. He, he's a big part of this and like helping me, Hmm. um, just like deal with the emotional. I I want everyone to like me and that is unrealistic. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it has been a really emotional journey. Now I'm to a place where like, it's really fun. I don't really, I don't really care like in the nicest way possible. Um. One of the things that I am working on right now is not Robin Hooding is what I call it. So when you talk about social issues on your platform, occasionally people will be like, can you please talk about this thing? Can you please Mm. talk about this thing? And I have to be careful because especially if it's not local, I don't Mm. have all the context, you know?
1: Sure, Sure. And
0: like... I I don't want to get myself wrapped up in a situation where I am like heavily advocating for something that I don't understand.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Um. So I, try, though I try to use my platform for good or what I see as good, I have yeah. to be kind of judicious and, and make, I'm just so glad I'm 37 doing this. You know, like if you're 25, I was so stupid when I was 25, <laughs> yeah. like I would not know. I would not know how to do this, um, but I feel like more than anything, I just am exploring and, and really testing the limits of my own authenticity. Hmm. Um, I can't be fully myself on TikTok. I'll get fired. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. I cuss too much. I, I sure. am too negative. You know, um, the way that teachers talk among teachers is different than we would talk with the, uh, student. with the public and I, yeah. I have to be mindful of that on my platform right like I can't and I got burned a lot in the beginning I got burned and I would get like canceled and then I would have to come back like and and a lot of it is not so much what I said but how I said it
1: you know sure sure
0: so are your students
1: it, watching your TikToks
0: they do watch my TikToks I've asked them not to uh sure. and I explain it to them like I'm not making content for you um this is the first day of school i just bring it up on the very first day of school i got that advice from somebody on tiktok Hmm. um because when you they're middle schoolers right so if you act like it's something naughty then they're just obsessed and they can't let it go so by naming it and like saying this is what i do this is my hobby or whatever yeah um I ask them not to follow me. If they start commenting a lot, then, or if they comment at all, and they're like, Hi, Ms. Jung, this is so and so from third period blocked. Like, and if they're under 13, I report them.
1: Sure. There you go. (laughs) Love that. And I tell them I'm going
0: to, because it's for their safety, right? Like, there are so many creeps out there.
1: Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, and
0: I tell but, them, you know, I'm obviously not going to follow you. It's definitely weird if a 37-year-old adult woman follows a 12-year-old on the internet. Like that's yeah. weird. And they and they yeah. get it. Um so yeah, it they know like about you, my TikTok.
1: It seems like you've developed some really good like boundaries and kind of context around tr- what you I do. I try. <laughs> don't do sure so let's let's dig into it, um, you know, because of your TikTok fame and what you've been doing, you have been on Good Morning America. <laughs> you have really like grown your following. And and from where I sit, it seems like you've gotten some neat opportunities. Yeah, um, for sure. But as we've kind of alluded to, you've also been signaled out by Fox News and yeah. the Daily Mail. You've received what I imagine to be a ton of negative attention and hate. And you said yourself, you've been canceled. I'm sure there's plenty more. <laughs> How do you kind of grapple with The balance between sort of the the positive energy that you get as well as the the drawbacks and the negative and and then i'll also say we were talking before we started recording it seems like probably the former president of the united states has like maybe sort of referenced you which i can't imagine what that's like so how do you kind of how do you deal with sort of yeah the, the good and what i assume is the bad
0: so the fox news stuff was really weird um it the the first brush with this was libs of TikTok. Um, which is an account on Twitter that is pretty, pretty nasty. Um, they had posted one of my videos where I was expressing support for LGBTQ students and uh, Alpha News, which is a local news outlet here in the twin cities, wrote an article about it. Yeah. And I found it randomly. Like they didn't reach out to me for comment. I had just Googled it, <laughs> Googled myself one day and there it popped up. Yeah. Uh And the whole summer, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired because I found it in June. And when I came back to school, my principal was like, "Uh, yeah, that was really stupid. That whole thing was really dumb. I was like, "Okay, cool. So um, what's nice about the the situation or like how I'm dealing with it is I I don't do anything online that I'm going to get fired for. I just don't. Uh, if I'm going to say I don't film in my classroom anymore the district has asked me not to do that because of all the um, threats against my life and the school we were receiving yeah Uh, for my students safety I can't film in my classroom anymore Uh, which is a bummer I really love my classroom and I like showing it off but I I get it obviously the students safety comes before my like desire to have a cute backdrop sure um (laughs) but uh it's weird um I'm gonna name drop really quickly here so uh throughout the course of tiktok i have become friends with the attorney general um keith ellison no big deal (laughs) no big deal (laughs) and i talked to him about this and he said to me mandy if they haven't killed me and they haven't killed ilhan they're not gonna kill you (laughs) and i was like yeah okay cool and that honestly like that that made me feel better because i had talked to the police and the police had said something like um you know, the people who threaten you aren't the people you need to worry about. It's the people who don't threaten you. And it's like, oh my god. Oh my god. Um and here's really where it comes down to. Uh I know why I'm doing what I'm doing and if I go down swinging for trans kids and and kids in the LGBTQ um community, I can sleep at night. Like if and by the way, if they kill me, I want you to to burn down a police station. Just that's what I would have wanted. Um. <laughs> Uh, is what I tell people that I'm going to get fired. God, uh, (laughs) Fox news is going to eat that one up. Um, but what helps me sleep at night is I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I also understand the purpose of why they're doing what they're doing. Their goal is to make me feel small and alienate me and make me feel like I am a weirdo for believing what I believe. And I know that I am not in the minority, right? Like I know that, what I think is not only morally right, it is what most people feel and know yeah. to be true. Yeah. Um, so I, leaning on others uh, really has helped me through this. And honestly, so I, I went to a knowledgeable tournament up in Coon Rapids and I was really nervous about it because it's more conservative in Coon Rapids. So I asked yeah. my boyfriend to come with me to the tournament and at the tournament, I, you know, you feel like everybody's looking at you and, like, talking oh. about you. They're probably not. But a, a man came up and kind of grabbed me. A big man grabbed me. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. And he was crying. And he was like, I just, I'm the president of the, like, teachers union here. And I just feel so bad for you and know that we're standing with you and know that we're with oh. you. And my boyfriend was, like, really scared <laughs> because a big man grabbed me. Um, But the people who live here, the people who matter, the people whose children I'm teaching, yeah, they're with me, and that's what that's what really matters. Who cares what somebody and you know? I don't even. You don't even go here, right? Like from mean, like Mean Girls, like you don't even go. Why do you care so much? You don't even go here.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, a a little perspective.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. a little perspective
0: helps. Um. Because really, the Other purpose. Other than the
1: fact that he grabbed you, let's all just say like. It was a little maybe, weird. Maybe yeah, time, like... he was
0: overcome with emotion. Yeah, um, right, yeah, yeah. I'm also very grabbable. I have that sort of. I give off that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the people who, who's and like, uh, one of the families at my school made me a gift basket with hmm. like wine in it, <laughs> and like, you know, my coworkers all stand in solidarity with me, and yeah. it's just it's just really silly like they are they're trying to make me into a boogeyman um Mm. when i spoke to education minnesota the media director was like you know why they picked you right and i was like yeah because i'm weird looking and he's like exactly it's because you're weird looking you look you have the look of the monster that they want to make so like i i feel i live my life by this marie curie quote nothing is to be feared it is only to be understood so the more that cool. I understand their gameplay and my role within it, the easier it is for me to contextualize and to make fun of. My response always to bullies my whole life, because I've always been like fat and weird looking and loud and obnoxious. And my response to bullies my whole life is to get them laughing or hmm. to get everybody else laughing at them if I can. Um, yeah.
1: And that's what wow. I do on
0: my platform. I mean, I, I'm printing T-shirts with my <laughs> Fox News mugshot. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Um, mm. Well, I, I got to, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of my life on the internet and sort of studied people and thought about people. And I, I just really admire kind of the approach you've taken and also mm. the what I imagine is kind of the thick skin you've developed. I'm really glad you have a, a person there in your life who's sort of like part of that yeah. emotional support system as well. But um, yeah, it's it, just,
0: it was really hard um, before the article dropped because Paul was scared mm. for me. Uh, yeah. And he was like, you can't, you're not untouchable, is what he yeah. said to me. And that was to know that I was impacting his life with these silly little ticky-talkies I was making. Sure. Was really, um, was really hard.
1: Yeah, I I can only imagine. Let's shift gears a little bit. Based on your experience, Mandy, you, you've been a teacher for a long time now, but you've also, as you mentioned, had like, a, you know, other careers before that. What do you tell to newer teachers or anybody thinking about going into the teaching profession right now? What's kind of your message to them?
0: Um, I say do it. It's really fun. Uh, I think find the joy, find the wins. Um When I was working in the children's theater, we had a really rough week in this little town in Montana. And I remember calling home office and being like, the only kid who is having fun is Marty. And the Kim on the other line, on the other end of the line, was like, well, then do it for Marty. And Mm -hmm. I try to remember that in my classroom. Like it's really, as humans, we're very, we're designed to pay attention to the negative. Yeah. And most of the class is fine. Most of the class is having a good time. Um, Lean on your other teachers. Everybody is real busy, especially at the beginning of the school year. And that's when you feel the most isolated. But teachers are teachers all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to help you. We know what's best for kids. And we know that by helping you as a new teacher, we are are helping our students. And I guess Mm -hmm. the other thing I will say is, like, try to separate this was really helpful perspective building for me is like, what is a, what is a teacher problem? What is a me problem? And what is a system problem? So Mm. like for the me problems, I really needed to meal plan because I wasn't getting enough food and I really needed to like deal with my stuff in order to deal with my teacher stuff in order to live within the system stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's a fun, it's fun. And just, like, there's so much pressure to be an amazing teacher. And, you know, you feel like you're messing the kids up if you make a mistake or if you um, if you falter in any way. And, like, bro, it's a job. You're not the only teacher they're ever going to have. You're not the only adult they're ever going to mm-hmm. deal with. I think as a white person, you have to get rid of a lot of that white savior. You have to really examine that um, belief system. And like, just cut yourself some slack, bro, or you're never gonna make it. Mm. (laughs) That was Mm. a lot.
1: (laughs) No, it's. I think that's really good advice. And I'll I'll just say, like, I'm I'm really happy we're chatting because, again, you know, we we've talked. Like, I was going to be a teacher. A lot of my friends are teachers, family, but also a lot of them have left the profession for all all sorts of different reasons, right? But um, I'm really glad to see someone who clearly has such joy and, and yeah. positivity and it's it's been good to you despite right right you're also still fighting for better rights and and uh conditions. And all those kind of things yeah conditions so I'm really I glad guess, to hear kind of yeah what you're talking about sorry go on
0: well and something else that really helps me in my profession is that I have built a really good community mm-hmm. and that um was very intentional when we got a new teacher at our school Camila she was like do you even know the people you work with? And we were like, hmm. no. And, and she's a, a very community driven person and she's brought us together. And now the, the women that I work with are my best friends.
1: Hmm. I'm going to
0: cry. I love them so much. Um, hmm. So fine. Like build, like being brave enough to build community hmm. in your school and like make friends with the other teachers. Not everybody wants to be your friend and like whatever, but yeah. your teacher friends. Yeah really because they understand like they get it they really get it and they give good advice and like make friends with the people you work with i'm gonna cry i love them so much
1: <laughs> mm, that's I, that, that is really beautiful I and mean, well, so much i think of what you're talking about today whether it's those frameworks of separating out yourself versus the system uh building community and finding community i think to me are really applicable to other professions as absolutely. well right it's like that's, I think, one thing interesting that I think you've found ways to do is, like, mm-hmm. you're, this is a job, this is, and also, like, all these things that we've been told about teachers and what to expect don't have to be the way that they are. Right. I think that's, I think that's really interesting. Mandy, do you think you'll be doing this in 10 years and 15 years and 20 years? What, what like, what is the future of Mandy hold right now? Or don't you think about that?
0: I guess I don't think about that. Um... One of the things I would like to try someday is I would love to make educational videos for kids. I would love to do that or like consult on something like that. Yeah, um, it
1: would be great. I could that. never
0: see myself working for profit. I think whatever I do, if I continue teaching, which I I really want to, mm. I would love to be teaching my whole career. Like I, I just yeah I have ADHD. Like this is the perfect job. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and i unfortunately with tiktok is i built my whole brand about being a teacher so like i sure. can't quit
1: <laughs> have you have you like in your time have you thought about quitting is that something oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for
0: sure but yeah. um you know it's kind of it's not so much like i want to quit as like take this job and shove it like i don't want to just quit teaching i want to quit all the jobs <laughs>
1: sure yeah uh,
0: and I think because I worked so many jobs before becoming a teacher, it's easy for me to separate like this is a job problem, with like yeah. this is an interpersonal problem or this is a yeah. whatever problem. Yeah. Uh, there are so teaching really suits my personality. It suits my skill set in a way that like you know working as a cashier at Whole Foods, I just felt like I was dying inside, and like working as an yeah. actor and and having my life be run by the whims of a casting director or you know I I like the autonomy that teaching provides me and I like that it's different every day and again like I just feel like it's I'm well suited to this profession yeah because I tried other jobs and I didn't like them yeah
1: I kind of love that about your journey right it's sort of the opposite of a lot of people's um which is really cool. What? I'm just curious, you know, for anybody listening to this right now, for those of us who aren't sort of as centered in education as you are, what's one thing that we should know about and care about right now?
0: Um, I think that you should insist that school buildings um, get fixed up. They're not safe. Hmm. Um, That is something that, yeah, it is. Uh, Well, and I think be really really skeptical of this push to privatization would be Hmm. the two. So something practical is like, please fix up the buildings. They're gross and falling down. Um, and something more philosophical is just be very skeptical of this push for vouchers, this push for increased charters, this movement away from public education for the mm. public. You cannot have a democracy without public education. Um, And I think
1: one more time for the people in the back.
0: Right. And I think that, I think another thing to think about like an expansive thought is how can we decouple education with capitalism in that my job is to perform is to create workers for the workforce. Hmm. Right. That is the department of education. That is like one of their core beliefs is to prepare students for career. And if all that we do in our life is prepare for work and work, what a like, that's, I love my job, but I am not my job. I am more than this. I hmm. am I am more than what I do for, you know, 9 hours or 10 hours a day. Yeah. So I would love, you know, Fox News kind of roasted me for saying that I feel like the purpose of education is to learn about nature. They put that in quotes. <laughs> um, which I did say, but it's true. Like education, the school should be a place where you learn about other people and you learn about the world and you ask questions and you get curious so mm. i feel and and you learn how to coexist with others and yeah i just feel like when we say that schools aren't preparing kids for the workforce like maybe not for this workforce but work looks really different today than it did 5 years ago even
1: yeah big time
0: um so yeah i i i would ask people to question the belief that the purpose of schooling is to prepare kids
1: for the workforce hmm
0: those aren't fun things
1: (laughs) no they're really important things yeah i appreciate it one more question before we get on to the rapid fire um i have it on good authority that you have an interesting story about dave matthews (laughs) and i'm wondering if you'd be willing to share it on this here podcast
0: (laughs) absolutely um (laughs) my god um so i i work i took a break from the children's theater because i was desperately in love with a guy that i went to high school with uh named trevor leonard he knows this so he was living in seattle so i moved out to seattle to make trevor leonard fall in love with me and spoiler alert it didn't work but uh, (laughs) i i got a job while i was there working at red light vintage which if you're familiar with the macklemore song thrift shop it's about red light vintage okay so Uh, Dave Matthews lives in a suburb of Seattle and is often spotted around town. So during Halloween, he brought in his daughter to shop for a Halloween costume at the Red Light Vintage store that I was working at. And everybody there, like all the other employees were like, that's Dave Matthews. And I was like, no, it's not. He doesn't have a South African accent. That was like the only thing I knew about Dave Matthews was that he had lived in South Africa, which I don't even know if that's like true. Okay. So I'm, I just thought he was like a really hot dad. So I was helping him and he kept sure. looking at me like, don't you know who I am? And I was like, no. <laughs>
1: you're not Dave Matthews, sir.
0: I know that you're not Dave Matthews. So I go and ring him up and we ask for ID and it's, it's Dave Matthews. Like it is Dave Matthews. So I'm like shaking as I hand him back. Like he can see that I have figured out that he is Dave sure. Matthews. And we have a little like atrium. So he walks through the first door and I immediately hit the ground behind the cash register. And I'm like screaming, everybody's laughing. Frickin' Dave Matthews comes back in and leans over the counter at me squirming and rolling on the ground. He was like, thanks for the, just want to say thanks for the great customer service. (laughs) Oh no. I got trolled by Dave Matthews.
1: Oh no. That's amazing. Well, well I don't know what good. I was expecting, but that's even better than whatever it was I was expecting. was so good. Oh, that's man. amazing. Wow. Okay. Uh, very quickly, I told you about this before we started recording. I just want to get, like, I feel like you're a person with takes, and oh, I just yeah, want to get lots
0: of uninformed I wanna, opinions.
1: I want to get some <laughs> Mandy takes on a variety of educational issues. All right. Okay. So, like, kind of like, one to two sentences or are less about each of these things. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, free lunch for students.
0: Yay! Hundo P. Hundo P. Love it.
1: Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> book bans.
0: Boo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't want to read it, don't check it out.
1: Love it. Uh, critical race theory.
0: Uh, yes, people should be aware that there is race and that it impacts the decisions the government makes.
1: Teacher unions?
0: A plus. But they should be doing more at the local level. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have some criticism for the big nationals. Get your cool. get your locals going.
1: Cool, That's where you nice make
0: change.
1: And, nice and nuanced. Uh, teachers spending their own money on school supplies, which allegedly an average of mm-hmm. $648, uh, maybe more. But what, what do you think?
0: I think we shouldn't do it. Um, I think that we also shouldn't judge people who do.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. We
0: are are under this umbrella. We are in this system. We're all trying to do the best we can. And you should not shame people for doing the best they can.
1: Yeah. Wow. Lovely. And last but not least, um, my wonderful partner, who is a teacher, uh, told me she picked up this one from Teacher Talk. Um, An idea to have substitute teaching be like jury duty where we force everyone to do it to gain a better understanding of what it's like what do you think
0: i mean sure but some of you shouldn't be in schools
1: that's a really good shout that's maybe there could be some kind of system to sort of weed out those people but otherwise i mean i also
0: feel like everybody should work customer service
1: Mm, me too big time yeah um Mandy, thank you so much for taking some time, some precious time on a weekend to chat (laughs) with me. Um, Where can people follow you and your journey and anything else you want to plug for today?
0: Okay, so I'm SaboCat on TikTok, uh, which is an anarchist symbol (laughs) for Fox News. Um, (laughs) They haven't picked up on that. Uh, And then I am SaboCat, I think, underscore teacher on every other platform.
1: Cool um you also I have a
0: website for a i was teacher. gonna say
1: your website mm-hmm. is great tons of resources lots cat of good teacher, stuff. all for free it's... um
0: all fully editable
1: cool well um mandy i just think thank you thank you for doing this um i've said this throughout but uh i think the work you're doing both on tiktok and other places also um in my own community is really wonderful i just like appreciate you as a human being and a teacher <laughs> and spreading some awesome things for the world why and, wouldn't i make time um, to get complimented well hey that's you know <laughs> i just i just really appreciate the work you do and for coming on and spending some time with us to kind of demystify the world of teaching and give us your thoughts so thank you for joining us today
0: it's my West. pleasure thank you for having me
1: That is it for today's episode of Connection Request. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you make sure you're following us? It'd mean a lot. Today's show is produced by Marie Ionazo and me, Joel Lehman. Our theme music is by the amazing Mike Lauer and his band Viewers Like You. It's from their album Panoramia. The show is a production of Shrug Content, a podcast studio based in Minnesota. You can learn more about us at shrugcontent.com. Special thanks to SK Coffee, our presenting sponsor. You can learn more about them at skcoffeeplease.com. If you live around the Twin Cities, ping me. I'll take you there myself. First cup is on me. You can connect with the show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Send us feedback, guest ideas, and funny TikToks at connect at shrugcontent.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.